Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Create Your Life series, where we help you maximize your potential and results in the area of personal development, entrepreneurship, and travel. And I'm your host, Kevin Y. Brown. Create your life. Create ta propre vie. Create your life. Beautiful people, this is the Create Your Life series. I'm your host, Kevin Y. Brown, and today we are in for a treat. We have a gentleman here uh, who is an Obie Award-winning and Adelco-nominated Harlem-based artist who has served as director of theater arts at Dr. Barbara Ann Tears National Black Theater since 2012. He's he's a young man, uh, and he's been, he took on that position. I'll let him tell you the age that he did it at. Uh, but he's also directed numerous productions, including Dead and Breathing, uh, Hands Up, Hope Speaks, Blackened, The Bubble. He was awarded the Emerging Producer Award by the National Black Theater Festival in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, and the Torchbearer Award by theatrical legend Woody King Jr. He's a founding member of the collaborative producing organization Harlem Nine. Next Generation National Network, and the Movement Theater Company. He sits on the National Advisory Committee for Black Theater Commons and HowlRound, was a member of the original cohort for Art Equity, and is a proud Emerge NYC alumni. A Washington, D.C. native. Whoop, whoop. All my people from D.C. Uh, and he attended the Duke Ellington School of the Arts in New York University, uh, Tisch School of the Arts. So, beautiful people, welcome none other than Mr. Jonathan McCory. Jonathan, please say hello to the Create Your Life family. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for having me. Man, thank you for being here, dude. That's uh, quite the impressive bio right there, brother. (laughs) (laughs) It's a blessing. It's all a blessing. All of it has been truly a blessing. Uh, Jonathan, man, I want to jump right in. And, you know, I had the opportunity to meet you at an exhibition um, I, this past week, Monday, wasn't it? Yeah, it was Monday. Yeah, Monday. Uh, funny enough, people can't usually get on the show this this early, but I feel like the you know the things just lined up to where we had an opening. Um, but what I thought was was most impressive, man, was you were smiling the entire time. I didn't know who you were. You know, you had like this great energy about you, and of course, you knew my best friend Alicia Nash. You had a piece on display there. Yes, yes. Um, but I've talked to several people. And they all say the same thing about you, you know, how amazing you are, you know, and how committed to the work and, um, you know, just the joy to be around you are. So I guess my first question out the gates is, is, um, you know, how do you even muster up those type of relationships for people to have so many good things to say about you? I guess what give us some secrets about, um, you know, meaningful connections, Hmm. you know, and how you establish that. I mean, first, it's just humbling that someone that. The connections that I do have, the connections that I do have um, Mm -hmm. show up as being meaningful and being um, spaces where uh, people do want to say that about me. Um, I think that the heart of what people experience potentially when they come into relationship or what I what I seek to cultivate is a space where I illuminate um, one's light, my own light, where I walk into a space where um, I really am trying to cultivate a space where love can show up mm. um, in a world where so many people are devoid or divorced of love, mm-hmm. where in a space where we are conditioned to commodify people or to see people in a certain kind of way or to box people in. Um, I seek to, in the midst of it, because of where I felt like I was being kind of sometimes boxed in, mm-hmm. um, I seek to kind of li- create a space that liberates, um, create a space that heals, create a space that's full of love, mm-hmm. um, asking people and like, you know, really start, all starts with cultivating a space where 
where you allow for the sensitive vibration of your heart to be at the center of a conversation, mm-hmm. um, allowing for yourself to truly um, hug someone um, with with intimacy and with love, um, and not to disrespect, um, and not to create a space of disrespect, but create a space that honors. Um, I think that uh, I like joy. I love to smile. Um, it was a gift given to me by my mother and my grandmother and my dad, and that both of all those lineages coming together really helped to cultivate a space where I got to learn black boy joy, um, really mm-hmm. got to know the space of what it means to imagine from that space, to live in that space. Mm-hmm. Um, and now as an adult living in the spaces that I do get to occupy, um, I'm rooted in that center. Mm-hmm. Um, and from there, able to uh, build a family of people um, that are light warriors, as I like to say. Um, light warriors. Yeah. I love it. How okay. do we, as we all, we all have, I believe we all have light inside of us. And so inside of it, how do you bear light into those spaces, into every space that you occupy? Mm. Okay. And how did you get to that space? Um, I remember we were talking a little bit earlier and you talked about the fact that, you know, you are the director of theater at the National Black Theater, which is, you know, historic in, in its own right. But how did, how did being in that space uh, really help you to get to this place where you really want to uh, be a light and be love for everyone else. How did how did the theater uh, impact you as well? Yeah, I mean, um, so National Black Theater, when I first came to MBT, um, I always kind of had a quest for or a hunger for um, artistic excellence. I always had a quest or hunger for creating home. Mm-hmm. And I always had a quest and hunger for um, searching for spirituality or knowing what spirituality was. And it wasn't until MBT that all of them kind of started the melting pot, the crock pot started to actually happen. Right. How do you create a space? How how blessed am I to be in a space that has the merger or the nexus of all of the journeys or influences that I actually enjoy or, or I'm curious about? Mm-hmm. Um, and I got to simmer in it, essentially. Um, I like The way in which we open our staff meetings is that we start with a meditation. So yeah. even in that, in the practice of it, like where do you, where, where do, where are there spaces where most people have their executive staff meeting and at the first, the beginning, before we even start talking mm-hmm. about the business, we start to ground ourselves in our center. Um, that began a practice of helping me to merger and to bring in and know that it was a safe space to bring in some of my spiritual undergirding into the business undergirding and mm-hmm. that there were there was no difference between the two. Mm-hmm. That in order for us, for me to approach any kind of work, actually, I have to approach it wholly yeah. um, and from a whole space, not from a segmented, siloed space, right. um, which then deepened my own practice and my own points of inquiry. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and so I think, I think, I think it's a mixture of the practices that are steeped inside of MBT and me coming into relationship to those practices, but then also my inquiries finally finding a home to simmer in, mm-hmm. um, where I could unabashedly and, um, unapologetically love myself mm. um, and really ask myself, uh, where are things I haven't had permission to dive into yet? Right. And where do I want to go from there? Mm. And speaking of inquiries, you, you went from being in front of the camera as an actor to now <laughs> being a director, producer, and obviously running a theater. How did that evolution take place, man? So it's, it's so interesting. So when I laugh about it, because it's all been something about curiosity. Mm-hmm. All of it's been about uh, me searching and going through a space of curiosity. Like if I think about, like it all stems from the curiosity of when I was coming out of middle school, going into high school, mm-hmm. um, I was, I was like, all my friends were going to pub, uh, private high schools. We all applied in the DC um, in, uh, metropolitan area for mm-hmm. these, pro- for these uh, private um, high schools to attend. Cause I went to a private middle school and all my friends got into these private, uh, private high schools. I didn't, all of them rejected me. Um, because of my scores, I had a learn had a couple of learning disabilities. I still have those learning disabilities. I think differently. Um, exactly, of, uh, you think differently. That's what I what I like <laughs> to say. Trust me, <laughs> scores would have kept me kept me out of a few things as well. I can relate. <laughs> so 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 in the midst of it, um, when everyone else kind of like had a school to go to, um, I had been doing these musicals in my in my um, middle school, and someone said. Why don't, why don't you have him just try out for uh, have him try out for Duke Ellington? And so then I tried out because no one wanted me to go. Like I didn't want to go back into a big magnet. I didn't want to go back to a big magnet um, uh, public school system. Yeah. Um, so so in the midst of 
the trying to find what school to go into, the curiosity led me to Duke Ellington, which yeah. then put me in a realm where I got to see art and see art making as the forward facing space in which I could actually find my purpose. Yeah. Um, and from that curiosity, I did musical theater. Like I, I, I tried out for a, vo- a voice, so for the vocal department, got into there. I was the last person actually to get into the voice department that year, then got into, and then they were trying out a new program called musical theater. And so then I got into the musical theater program and, um, and, you know, I went in there not thinking that, oh, this is going to be my career. I went there saying that this is an alternative space to the private schools that I have been applying to. And then from there, when it came, when it finally came time to to move forward to college, it just felt like, oh, I've been doing this for so long. Let me just keep it going. <laughs> I'm not going to interrupt this flow. And so then that curiosity led me to applying for universities and I got into NYU. Um, and what's so, f- and what's funny about NYU and what's, f- and what's also very curious about like me acquiring this position that I have right now mm-hmm. is that my junior year of high school, um, I told my my the chair of my department that there were two things that I wanted to achieve and I and these and I and I, I summoned them into being I didn't necessarily um, know that it was going to happen a I said I huh you claimed it I claimed it one was claimed that I said one one is that I said that I want to um, go to NYU and I want to study musical theater I hadn't applied yet but I said that's what I want to do and the yep. second thing was that I wanted to run a theater in Harlem that was dedicated to producing black work that owned their own space and so and so this this out this this idea of summoning what you wanted claiming what claiming you it. claiming claiming where you want to be um, when it all started to manifest and unfold as mm-hmm. it has yep. I really got to understand the power of voice Absolutely. when you actually and attention. Vo- and attention and when you voice that into the world and you lead in and you lead after voicing it with an intentionality of manifesting Absolutely. the resources from the universe just provided that's what we call creating your life <laughs> <laughs> and there you go so I, I think i think that's i think that's ultimately the the intersection of all those different spaces right and so but the the evolution of you going from the acting into the oh how did the evolution okay so so the evolution really came from um i've always is that yeah so i've always i've always been interested in um in creating home okay having a home yeah um being a space that uh that was that was full of uh that i thought i could be safe in but also be brave in um Mm -hmm. be bold in and be and have an element of um, full authenticity inside of. Right. And um, and when I was about to leave NYU in particular, I didn't see a home that reflected me. Mm. Um, that 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 said, yes, you're welcomed in. Yeah. Um, yes, we we want to work with you. And so then I started. I said, oh, so this is a this is when you start to make your own company. This is what my forebears did. They made their own companies when they didn't see something reflected of them. Right, opportunities. then let me create that for myself. And so then that started the Movement Theater Company. So me and a group of my um, colleagues, we started a company together because we couldn't see the reflection of us inside of the inside the industry as it was. Yeah. And so then that's where the, uh, the, the uh, producing ensemble of the Movement Theater Company was birthed out of a necessity to create a safe space for us to have home. And so then from there, um, it became that, okay, I'm learning this space called home. I'm, devi- I'm, I'm devising, I'm crafting a space called home but there's more that I want to have an inquiry in and that is producing I want to create a I want to be a part of a producing collective and so then through the grace of my rigor I was invited into a circle called Harlem Nine. Yeah. And from there, we we created another ens- producing ensemble called mm-hmm. Harlem Nine. Mm-hmm. And then from there, I just started, I, you know, you just do. You just start to do. You just start to be like, okay, I'm creating. I, I, and, and, and I will have to say this language called, this language of me articulating it as a search for home is something that's come later on as I reflect on my journey. Right. And the initial inquiry, it was just like, I just want, I just need, I, I feel this desire to be in fellowship with, with people. Um, and so, and so inside of, inside of me creating that space called home in Harlem nine, I, I, that producing collective helped me, uh, to some individuals from that producing collective helped me to produce a show that I directed. And, um, one of my friends, uh, actually wrote called black in the bubble. So that, that show 
really helped. It was one of the biggest shows that I had directed at that time. It was a 10-person show. I did a homeschool of the arts. Um, and um, in the midst of doing that show, uh, I learned a lot. I was the produ- I was the producer. I was also the director. Yeah. And I kind of sometimes was the TD. Like, I was just doing... What's I was the TD? I'm um, technical director. Okay. So I was kind of doing a lot. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I was just doing a lot. You I was just doing, doing whatever it takes. You I was doing find wh- a way to make one. I was... That's yes, saying, yes, exactly. There's no limits to... You know, you, you see the vision and you want to complete... You know what I mean? The work. You want to do the work. And if anyone knows me, that's exactly where I come from. I'm like, if I put if I put it out in the universe, right. I want to create the framework to see it actually manifested. Yeah. And so then and so then um, people uh, people from my community saw the show. They were impressed by my direction or my artistic rigor right. again in that way because they some people a lot of people had not seen my direction per se, my artistic voice in a directing kind of way. They see my artistic voice and how I shape space, right. but not necessarily my direction. And um, a godmother to both me and Sade. Sade is the CEO of National Black Theater. Okay. Um, she she said, I don't know. But I think there's I think you and Sade need to meet. I don't know why, but mm-hmm. Spirit's telling me that you two just need to meet and right, right. and there's something that might be able to blossom. I don't know what it is, but something mm-hmm. might blossom. And so then I reached I sent an email to Sade out of the blue, just being like, Michelle Shea said that we need to meet. Can we just find some time to have some tea and coffee? Right. And so um she didn't get to Sade never got to see Black in the Bubble. We had tea and coffee. Okay. And we haven't left each other's side ever since. Wow. And from there blossomed a beautiful, deep relationship, working yeah. relationship, mm-hmm. partnership right. um, that has transformed again my life even deeper because of that. Because of that intuitive inquiry that Michelle Shea downloaded, yeah. my life has been set on a trajectory that has a that affirms my ability again to speak what I want into existence yeah. um but then also um to really to really own the fullness of my potential right. and to see how abundant is inside of these vessels that we get to manage every single day that's amazing and what I'm hearing from you is, is you know, for the Create Your Life family that's listening, is chase your curiosity. Yeah. You know what I mean? And be willing to put in the work, you know, even if you have to wear, you know, 10 <laughs> hats, you know, it, it'll definitely, uh, you know, you never know who's watching, you know, and, and I feel like people hear that often, but it's interesting when you have, like, we have like an array of guests from different walks. Yeah. And so you hear common themes all the time, you know, and chasing curiosity. I'm definitely like still in Alicia's Nash is like the title of her book right now when I'm saying that. Um, but it's so it's so real you it's, know a lot of us present. in here like because when we were talking outside you said you know you ended up here by accident by chance right and again it's just that the same thing <laughs> of chasing that curiosity so with you being where you are now how important or what does it mean for you to be the director of theater at the national black theater especially it's being something that you claim when you were a teenager in high school you know like what what does this mean to you right now it means I mean, it, it, it's profound. Like it's almost, it's almost, it, it's a very profound moment because it, it, it's profound in many, in many different ways. Um, and the meaning of it mm-hmm. is really steeped in that, like, in the past six years that I've been able to helm um, MBT in artistic creation, I really do feel like um, I can, I, 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 the me. The me of now, the person coming out of NYU or another conservatory or another sp- or an, a designer who's just coming into New York City mm-hmm. and wants to find a space to call home, they now have a space that they could potentially call home if they would like to. Right. They have a space that invites them in. And for me, that was my initial inquiry. For, for uh, five to six years ago, that's really all that I wanted to create. Mm-hmm. I wanted to create a space where where someone didn't feel the vacuum of loneliness when they when they were when they were in this big city, this concrete jungle that can sometimes be elusive and sometimes be very unforgiving. Very unforgiving. <laughs> and I, we talked about this, and I think. This, now I really have to ask you just real quick three you know tips for those who are living the artist life you know for them to survive and, and sustain three just insights that you have so I would say three tips that I have grown to understand if you want to survive as an artist in the city um, a find your tribe um, and when I mean find your tribe I mean find the people who um, can share 
space with you and hold you down, hold you down in love and in light and help you also to lean into the discomfort with with also love and light. So I think finding your tribe becomes a huge element of just anchoring yourself. Right. Um, I would say your se- the second tip is um, don't believe the hype. Mm. So um, don't allow for Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, social media, and seeing someone's trajectory of when they made it to be, uh, don't, don't let that distract you. Um, don't get goal jacked. Um, if what, what, what you are here to do is deeper than a trend. Um, and if you lean, lean into what is deeper than a trend, you will find your purpose. So I will say, don't get goal jacked. And then lastly, I would say, I would say, I would say, um, so you find your tribe, you don't get goal jacked. And then I would, I would say if you can, and you have the privilege of doing, I would say, what would I say for any artist? If you, I think those two, I mean, those two are so profound for me. Right, right. And I think that if you were to do those two things, you would probably be in a good, good space. Right. Um, What puts you over the top? What's the last thing? I think think what puts you under the top is be generous. Be -hmm. generous with your time. Be generous with, with, with what you think is yeah if you walk if you walk through this city with generosity mm-hmm. you've already and with those other three things you've already shift the atmosphere of what is running at the current space so then you right. already are uplifted as a diamond so right. so and and that's really and that's really the algorithm right that's the, really the algorithm to success yeah. you have to uplift right. from 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 sometimes the muck to become right. the diamond right. and so if you if you really can find your tribe that will help to lead you and guide you and give you influence. If you can really not get gold jacked for the reasoning why and listening intuitively to the staying true. And then if you, and then on top of that, if you're generous with, with understanding the realms of generosity and that, and they come in three different realms for me, they come, they come in, they come in from generosity to self. So taking care of yourself. So self care, self love, be generous, be generous, be generous to others. So Mm -hmm. the immediate, the intimacy of generosity to other people. And then, and then I think also, I think also as you get bigger and you want to really figure it out as being generosity to, to just understanding that what you do not know is something that you have to be generous in starting to know. So you're blind, and this is a trigger word for some people, but your blind spots, I use the word blind spots. So, right. so, so the being generous to understand that your POV is limited because of the beautiful life that you've been able to live, but that is also, that's also, that's also um, shifted your scope and that the quest, the quest for greatness or the quest for, for I sometimes think purpose and for being energized is to dismantle those blind spots to a space where your POV has a 360 reality to it. And then you start to become awakened to humanity. Mm-hmm. And if you become awakened to humanity, you could start forecasting trends. You could start really understanding and t- tapping into the fullness of you. Mm-hmm. Wow. Thank you for that. I'm I actually I got to go back and re-listen to this interview because you just dropped a whole lot um, that I just feel is worth listening to multiple times, man. Um, I got, because of the National Black Theater, it's almost 50 years old. Yes, it is. Right. Uh, what is the secret to bridging the gap between the old and the new, you know, and still staying in alignment with uh, Dr. Tears uh, vision? That is that is a great question. You are at the helm of this, man. That this is, is, that, this is serious. That, that is a great question. So, so I, I think um, so. Dr. Barbara Antier, who's the founder of National Black Theater, which was founded in 1968 um, here in Harlem, um, I think that the secret to the science that both Sade and I have been able to navigate is really going, staying true to the basics. Mm-hmm. Don't diverge. Mm-hmm. Don't try to reinvent when when um, there is such a clear diamond and get clear about what the diamond is if you are going to. So it's almost like it's almost like a, a um, fashion designer McQueen. Um, she he he has this quote saying, "I ha- in order for me to um, master something, in order for me to invent something, I first have to master it." So first you have to master first what I think what has helped what has been the gift that that has happened within MBT and with me and with Sade is that we took the time to study the gift that we were given called the institution. 
So mm. study, study what's the mission, what's the vision, where did it come from, what was some of the initial pedagogy, where, where, what was, what was, why did it start? Really getting to the nut and bolts of the why it started, because I'm not starting something new, I'm starting something that was steeped in, in some ritualistic foundation, and it has worked. So what has worked and what hasn't worked, then that, that becomes the next question. And then you then start to say, so what has worked, I need to figure out how to keep while I start to burge and bridge into a new paradigm, right? So then I start to, that's when I start to talk about innovation. So if I want to start by talking about innovation, I first have to know the thing. I have to know the thing so well that it is my love and my passion so that if I start to diverge from it, I start to also get upset by it because the thing that, that runs it at its heartbeat is so valuable. Mm-hmm. And so I think... The success of creating the bridge is that we, I studied at the feet or at the, at the foundation of what Dr. Tier left as her pedagogy, which a lot of the forebears or the people who knew MBT before me know very well. And then I allowed for intuition and innovation to be a part of the conversation. And that allows for new blood mm-hmm. to be a part of the conversation. Now, in the midst of that, some people don't like that mixture, right? And yeah, I was going to say, how do you deal with the adversity of people who want things to stay the same? And I say this, I'm not here for everybody. Nice. I cannot, I, I, I can create, I will create the, I will, I will create the best table out of love and light that this body called Jonathan McCory can create. Mm-hmm. I also understand that in the mixture and in the magnitude of life, to hold me accountable to make to be responsible for everybody mm-hmm. is a lost cause. That's when I will get gold jacked. Because instead of me being so specific as and most artists and actors know that the more specificity that you have is the more universal you get. So, and or, so, so the more specificity that I land in on understanding the mission, the vision, the articulation, the bre- the the strokes, the 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 majesty of what Dr. Tier and those and the liberators poured into that institution, the more I appreciate, honor, and understand that, the more and more I get to the universal truth of where they were going, and then I can also vision to the future. I can start to think about how does this reverberation show up 50 years from now? We can start start having that conversation because some of at the root of where they were, what they were tackling with are things that we're still tackling right now. We're still trying to, I think we are all as human beings, especially bodies who identify as black or from the diaspora are still searching for that space of liberation, that space of wholeness, that space of uh, autonomy. And Dr. Tier, in the collaboration with her ensemble, helped to really establish a space that could allow for autonomy and an oasis. Okay. Awesome. Well, Create Your Life family, I want to say hello to everybody who was on Facebook Live. Uh, definitely Alicia Nash and Breon Nicole Davis are very active uh, on there right now. And they are like, they're literally writing the things that you're saying right now, man. Um, but definitely want to say, um, send a love and light to them. But also yes, yes, uh, yes. anyone who is interested uh, in asking Jonathan your own questions or if you have questions for him, want to talk to him, I'll call into the station, 212-650-6903. We're going to cut to a quick musical break uh, and come back and find out more about this man's journey, his goal-setting habits, and also we're going to you know, toss him into the dolphin tank and you know, make sure that he swims. Oh. Beautiful people, this is the Create Your Life series. We are back, and we have an amazing guest here, uh, Mr. Jonathan McCroy. Jonathan, are you here with us? I'm here. All right, cool. Man, you, you know, speaking with you, having done research on you, you've uh, produced and directed over 30 uh, pieces. That being said, I want to know, because I'm always curious about people's evolution, how do, how do you gauge and make sure that the work that you're doing uh, is improving and growing over time? What are some of your rubrics, benchmarks? So I would say some of the things that have to, that help me to really gauge if what I'm doing is creating a space of change or what um, some people might codify it as success um, is in a couple of ways. Um, one way that I really search for that or I try to see if that is happening um, 
is really by the responses from the people in the audience. Um, uh, I think that I think that you can feel the vibration of change and how people are sitting in the room, how people are responding in the room. So the immediate thing is the vibration of change of the audience members in the room. And it could be five people, it could be 20 people, it could be 120, it could be 300. But the vibration of change is honest and authentic, and it is the thing that will cut through anything. Um, so I think that's one way in which I'm able to measure if the space that I create feels feels brave, sacred, and transformative, the possibility for transformation. Mm-hmm. Um, like, like the lobby exhibition that, that you came to, um, I... I'm registering inside of that as the as the, as people are coming in to experience the work by seeing how how their vibratory frequency is registering inside their body. Are do they feel porous? Do they feel open? Do they feel receptive? Or do they feel kind of questioning? Or do they feel kind of? And they're all different ways to register that and to kind of see that in someone's chakras or someone's ability to just be. Mm. So that's one way in which I register um, uh, if what the work that I'm doing is improving, uh, in, improving or impactful. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think I'm also I'm also able to register that. Um, I think of it as how in the work that I'm doing am I filling a void. And I say that to say that like, that like when I first came on to MBT, um, one of the things that we, that the field didn't necessarily have was a residency program for black playwrights to have a home um, that was committed to the production of their work. So they might be committed to workshop, to creating like a reading of it, but not like producing it, putting it on its feet, making it something that's real and tangible for the playwright. And so what I charged the institution to do and what I charged us to do is is to really craft a program um, that is now six years going um, and we've and, and and it's called the I Am Soul Player Residency Program where we give two black playwrights a home for 18 months mm-hmm. um, with a commitment to producing work. Now, the success for me or measuring the success is the doing of it. The success of it is like creating, crafting the space. Now, the icing on the cake is that one of our first playwrights, Emphonisa Udofia, um, her play got a world premiere at New York Theater Workshop, the play that she cultivated at MBT um, that has helped her with her trajectory as an artist. Um, And I would say I see the measurement of my success or the success of the work that is able to be accomplished by the human transformation of the people that I'm able to touch. What are they able to do after the ripple effect of being incubated or housed or being in encounter um, with National Black Theater, but also under my mentorship mm-hmm. in whatever way that might mean um, and however long or short that might mean? Um, how effective am I in communicating? How effective am I in opening up my own heart so sh- to hopefully open up their heart? How effective am I in, in, um, in being of support? To, mm-hmm. And how also effective am I in listening? Um, and so, and so I feel, I feel as though that like I'm able to measure success also in seeing the reverberation effect Mm -hmm. of the words and the works in which I'm able to do and (laughs) how they are housed in the actual bodies of the individual. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, I think that is the legacy work. That is the work that, that begets real legacy is like when I think Hamilton shared the, the musical Hamilton tells us it the best way is that like real legacy is in how you inspire others to live in the vision or in the works or in the way in which you either spoke about or you actually crafted or you actually did. Um, and that, and that hopefully, um, the pedagogy or the approach in which I am appro- uh, doing work, crafting work, but also living my life, um, will live in the bodies of future generations. I, I, I hope that that I hope that that's a contribution I'm able to give to the world um, uh, in whatever small or large way. Amazing. So that being said, you know, contributing and giving to the world, you were recently uh, honored and named one of the 40 under 40 uh, rising star stars um, by the New York uh, nonprofit media. What does that an honor like that mean to you? And, um, you know, how, how do you how does that make you reflect? So, I, to be honest, when I when it was it's kind it was kind of like I was kind of blown away. Yeah. Because it you 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 get you get sometimes 
lost inside of the tunnel vision of the work right. and not in the reverberation of the accomplishments mm-hmm. um, or in the, in the benchmarks that you've been able to do because you always just, as Sh- um, Sade said this about me, which I feel like is so true, I'm a build it and they will come. So I'm just always thinking about the building aspect. Like, how do I build this program to be bigger? How do I build this, um, uh, this season to be more receptive? How do I make marketing feel? How do I, how do I build? Just keep on building. And I don't necessarily sometimes... I tried to put it into my practice, but I don't sometimes take some time to do the reflection. And the awards and an award like that really, for a moment, it's a gift from the universe for me. It allows me to put the brakes down for a little bit and say, wow, wow, just look. Right. Look, look, like really, honestly, sit and bask inside of the beauty of your life and have a conversation with the beauty of your life. Can you really do that, Jonathan? Can you honestly take the time to, with gratitude, say yes and, and just be like, thank you. Thank you, universe. Thank you, source. Thank you, everyone, for giving me this opportunity to be a reflection of my highest self. And because you see that, you see me. Right. And you also see the opportunity that you're getting because earlier you were talking about, you know, I guess it was blood memory or or the power of ancestors. Right. And you being able to take on and accomplish opportunities that they may not have had the opportunity to have. Yeah. I mean, I mean, this is real. It's a real powerful thing. Like we were talking, we were talking a little bit earlier about we were talking a little bit earlier about blood memory and this idea of this uh, for folks that might not know about it. It's a uh, it's a really it's a conversation really around um, uh, an idea theology that inside our blood inside of our bodies um, is a legacy of our ancestral journey from our ancestors that we carry into this world from jump. Um, And that um, if we are to be our ancestors' wildest dreams, that inside of that conversation is we are the wildest, we are the vessels to, to manifest unfinished works. We are, we are charged by the fact of our living and our breathing and our being um, to take an opportunity to complete sentences that they might not have been able to do. We have the opportunity to um, live in a fullness that they might not have had the opportunity to do. And we also have an opportunity to unbear and unburden some of the shackles or the, or the traumas that they had to endure in order to get to X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. And, so, and so like an award like that, to your point, is an opportunity to kind of say that I might be on that trajectory of unleashing right. and that I'm actually creating a space for a future generation to know joy in a way in which that I didn't get to know. And right. how exciting is that? Gotcha. Okay, so real quick, and this is right before we jump into the <laughs> dolphin tank, can you give us like two or three of your self-care uh, rituals? Because it seems like you know, you're know you very in tune with yourself, but you also have to give and give and give, and sometimes that work can be uh, exhausting. So uh, just yes, give us, like, yeah, just give us like <laughs> two or three quick things, uh, and then we're going to jump into the dolphin tank. So I, I will say uh, one is um, meditation. So um, mm-hmm. I do meditate. Um, I light a candle for myself um, mm-hmm. to hold space for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say back. Baths. So I love taking baths and, that, and I use a theology when I'm in a bath that that I am w- stepping back into my mother's womb and having the opportunity to be reborn and leaving everything that is not serving me in the bathtub so that I can have opportunity wow. to walk into the world as a brand new source of light. Um, and when you clean it, you wash it away. And when you clean it, you wash it away. And, wow. and, and, the, and the act of saying and the act of saying um, my godmother, Elizabeth Van Dyke, said this to me and it's been a tool ever since. I send it back to the sender. So whatever's not serving me, I send it back to the sender. Not no, not who cares who the sender is. And the, it could be an energetical force, but like I send it back to the sender. And the idea of sending that energetical force back to the sender is no longer lift, living inside of the vessel. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say the other self-care ritual that I do um, that is really important is that I, I smile. Mm. The simple act of smiling. Okay. And just allowing smile, allowing the act of smiling and laughter. So, some what some people, a lot of people don't know about laughter, um, is that laughter is the on, is one of the only tool to, things that we have going on in our body that goes through every emotional emotional chakra inside of our entire. So you can go from you you when you laugh, you tackle, you touch your tears, but you also touch your joy. And that laughter is could can be a cleansing tool and a mechanism to tap into your real authentic self. Awesome sauce. All right. Are you ready for this? 
It's time for the dolphin tank. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You sure? Uh, this is rapid uh, fire, uh, man. Uh, yeah. Okay. Rapid fire. I know. I like to talk. I know. <laughs> okay. Um, what are your? How do you go about setting and accomplishing goals? Um, I go about setting and accomplishing goals. How do I go about setting and accomplishing goals? I, I go about setting and accomplishing goals by getting silent. Okay. Okay. And how do you gauge? You know, like what do you? How do you gauge when you've accomplished or? You know what I my so so it's so interesting. I I I set unaccomplishable goals. So I say this, and I say this to say, mm-hmm. I strive for excellence. Right, it's the bare minimum. Excellence is a moving target because when I think I know excellence, there's another realm of excellence. Mm-hmm. So that means that my goal that I have for my life, which is excellence, right. is a moving target. Right, that I probably I will spend my entirety of my life trying to achieve. With joy, curiosity, and anticipation. Okay. Awesome. What's the top tech that you're using right now to make your the business of the National Black Theater and of John McCrory run smoothly? Insight Timer. So it's a lovely app okay. um, that allows for you to, uh, it, it, it codifies global meditations together. Um, this is, this allows me to ground myself, which if I'm grounded, then the institution might be grounded, then my life might be grounded, right, all right. that great stuff. Okay. Uh, your favorite quote or model? It's the thing that keeps on coming up throughout this meeting, but I'm my ancestor's wildest dreams. Okay. Our favorite or most impactful book you've read? The Alchemist. Yes. Thank you. I love that book. Uh, three jewels you would tell someone who's looking to create their best life. Hmm. Three jewels. Um, hmm. We want to create your best life. First jewel is that um, understand that this walk might physically be lonely, but you're never spiritually alone. Mm. The second jewel is that through silence, you will interrupt the noise. The third jewel is that when you wake up in the morning... Look in the mirror and honestly tell yourself you love yourself. Okay. You, you look like you got another one. What, what's I, going I, on? It might be a fourth go, jewel. Go ahead, man. We, we listening. So fourth jewel is that there's nothing to fear inside of the darkness. You are light. Okay. Now, what's next for you and MBT? The National Black Theater. You know, tell us about some of the shows that are coming up. So, um, what's next for MBT? Um, so, National Black Theater, which is on 125th Street and Fifth Avenue. Yes. Um, so, uh, and what's up for MBT is that we have our season that we're doing right now called um, Black to the Future. Um, yep. It's looking at future. It's looking at how to. If someone knows about Afrofuturism, which is a theology or a methodology or a practice of living and being um, that really seeks about putting the black body in the future. And then mm-hmm. what would it be like if it was free, liberated or just in a circumstance that wasn't based in Western theology and Western thought? Mm-hmm. Um, so, A, we have an exhibition up right now right. Um, that is called change a conversation with the creator mm-hmm. um and i invite everyone to come to check that out it's free open to the public it will be up until april 14th um and then we also have two productions coming up um we are part of our i am soul player residency program um angelica sheree's crown which will be at the end of this month and then Derek lee mcfadder's um serious adverse effect which will be in april and then um then now, and then we have a show happening in May called Sancho, which is a co-production with um, Classical Theater Harlem. And other than that, that will close out our 49th season. And then beyond that, um, um, some people might have heard the murmurs around it, um, but we're in the middle of a total redevelopment of our property. Um, Congratulations. Thank you very much. It's an exciting moment in the history of 125th Street, but also the history of National Black Theater. Mm -hmm. Um, So uh, next season, we'll begin a season called MBT Beyond Walls. Mm -hmm. And um, it's a really exciting moment for us as an institution because it's what does it, 
how do we take the pedagogy that we've been cultivating for 50 years and um, spread it throughout the zeitgeist of the country and the world? Um, how do we start to really work outside of our confined walls that we've been cultivating in and really begin to work deeply inside a community through site-specific work, through non-conventional theatrical spaces um, and conventional theatrical spaces? Okay. Um, how do we stay in contact with you? Uh, you can stay in contact with me. Um, you know, I'm on Instagram. <laughs> um, so at, at, at no, at jmac86. I think that's what it is. But Jonathan McCory, if you look up Jonathan McCory on Instagram, you'll find me right there. I think it's um, JMC86. There you go. There you go. See, see, see. I could be wrong. See, Hold that's on. why he's the host of the most. Um, he knows his... I'm wrong. It's, it is. It's J-A-Y-M-C-86. Got you. And that's why he's also the host of the most, because he actually <laughs> clarifies also. So, um, so, so yeah, so that's a way, that's a way to get to get in contact with me. Um, you always, uh, email, uh, Jonathan at nationalblacktheater.org. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, just stopping by the theater. Yeah. I'm like, they're almost... get involved. Yeah. All, all the time, you can get involved there. That's how, that's, uh, you know... That's like that. That's my home. That's yeah. That's where you're living. That's where I'm living these days. All right. And last question, but not least, before we do the turnaround, where you get to ask me any three questions that you want to, totally unscripted, which <laughs> means that I don't know what he's going to ask. But someone on Instagram uh, asked, you know, are you directing anything right now? I am directing something right now. Okay. Actually, I am. Oh wow, that's so awesome that someone asked that question. I didn't even talk about that. Okay, so I am directing a show at SUNY Purchase, mm-hmm. um, and um, I'm. It's my first college show that. I'm directing. Um, I'm actually, yeah. I, thank you. I'm actually really excited about this. You know, you know why I'm really excited about this. I know this tangential, and you really didn't ask all this, all this actual preamble. <laughs> blessings, blessings. Bl- uh, blessings, yes, blessings on this Sunday. Um, so, so what? What I'm really, what I'm really excited about is it. It's this rare, beautiful opportunity to kind of, again, congeal all of this training. Because I kind of think of MBT as my MFA program for directing because I got right. to watch all these directors while helping to sh- help to grow, shape and be in collaboration and help to mold all those things. So, so like, it's my opportunity to take all that training mm-hmm. that I learned and I was able to bear witness to and kind of cultivate it so that I'm in the lead. Like, what happens if I'm the leader as the director in the room and help mm-hmm. to shape space, but then also helping to cultivate cultivate the next bit of practitioners at SUNY Purchase. Like, how am I helping helping the acting class of that year to be better human beings and civic artists and all that and all those great things? So when they walk into the out in the world, they're again shaping joy, shaping the future from a better from from a more unique space mm-hmm. than I was able to do. Um, so that's what I'm really excited about. The show is called Yeah, that's what I was about to say. What's the name of the piece? The show is called and When does it go up? The um, A Great Day on the Greatest Lakes. It's um, by Sarah Benson. Okay. And it goes, it's like runs for two weeks because it's a university show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, it runs uh, March, March 9th through <laughs> the, no, March 5th through the 11th. Okay. Awesome stuff. All right. So. <sighs> okay, I'm ready. Uh, now is the Wait, time I don't get I don't get a break so I can just like like think about some like questions I want to oh, give. Man. Oh, you need some music? I need I need is some music. I need, need? I, need a, okay. I need a little bit of a music break so I can just like think about you know. Oh, about what you about to ask? I what I'm about to ask like okay. like my like, bad my bad brother. Like you All had right, time well, you had time to cultivate. So my first question Uh-oh. is my first question is yep. Um, when you think about joy, what do you think about? My first answer to that was happiness, but it's also the same thing. I think of being uh, carefree and just being able to being just fine with yourself, the environment that you're in and the Mm. people you're around Mm. and just being able to take a a breath and say, wow, you know what? Everything around me is beautiful Mm. and just having that appreciation. What liberates you? Creativity. What type of creativity? Uh, All types. So I'm a clothing designer by trade. Uh, which is, you know, a lot would say uh, random, but just the ability to be able to do whatever I want. You know, that's always been my motto since I was young. I grew up in foster care my whole life, you know, and I just always had to search for it. You know what? I just want to live by my own rules. So if I decide that I want to move to Africa tomorrow, if I decide I want to walk outside in the rain, you know, just because, you know, just having the 
the ability and the option to be able to do so that is liberating for me and just being able to to create you know i i can you know create the questions that i want for the show i can create the format for the show <laughs> when i'm doing a presentation you know on stage I, you know i'm a motivational speaker i've done it around the world but knowing that i can walk into that into that room and walk on that stage and do a backflip if i wanted to and that mm. could be my intro mm. just having the creativity and, and the opportunity to do that is just so liberating when you woke up this morning, what was your first thought? Uh, wow. My first thought was that I needed to be prepared to have a great interview. Hmm. You know, I'm after, of course, um, you know, just being thankful, hmm. uh, you know, for having an opportunity to wake up. So hmm. that, w- I would say, would be my first thought. Hmm. I'm always, I always, uh, you know, say a quick uh, prayer of thankfulness. Hmm. Uh, but after that, it was kind of like, Yo, you know what? I want to make sure that you and I are able to make a, a great connection over uh, the course of the time of this interview mm-hmm. and really be able to um, draw great things out of you so that our listeners will really be able to uh, walk away with something that, you know what I mean, can help them and benefit them to, you know, create their best life. I only got three, so that's uh, that's my three. Well, we got a couple more minutes, so you can come with it. Oh, oh, oh I, got, I can do more? Okay. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Do you cook? Yeah, but I'm not a great cook. I wouldn't wouldn't invite anybody over for like Sunday dinner. You'd be disappointed. Okay. All right. All right. No Sunday dinner. I'm honest. <laughs> I have many talents. Cooking is not one of them. <laughs> um, how'd you get into fashion design? Um, fashion design actually came out of a place of of desire. Like I didn't. My foster parents wouldn't buy me the clothes that I wanted, mm-hmm. and so that was my outlet of having the things that I wanted was to actually create it mm-hmm. and to draw and to um, you know just have this this fantasy, this you know what I mean, this uh, this idea of what my life could be and what I wanted to create. And so I, you know, over time and you know through as you said, you know, claiming and, and working for it, I've been able to you know, have my own little clothing company in the past and, you know, affirm the dreams and the, the aspirations that I had as a young man. And now I get to affirm and realize the dreams that I have as a, an adult man. So, What's your next step? Next step for Kevin? Yeah. Um, to really to continue to grow. Um, and one of the big initiatives that we have right now uh, as the Create Your Life series is to really help people to accomplish their goals. And I'm very passionate about that. And so we've actually started a, a goal-crushing mastermind group. So the next step is to really assist people with that. And I think for me, um, I am really trying to figure out if I'm staying here in New York or mm. if I'm moving on to a warmer climate. So, mm. um, you know, just to continue to evolve and to to knock out the goals that I've set. And, of course, to get the show nationally syndicated. That is nice. huge for us and has been a, a goal. I set it two years ago when we first started. And... Uh, well, almost two years ago, March 13th will be uh, a two year mark. And I said that before two years, we will have the show. The show will be nationally syndicated. And, um, you know, we're already international with the podcast downloads, but definitely just the live show. So that's the goal. Nice. That's what's up. I'm into it. Yes, let's do it. Well, man, thank you so much for being here with us, Jonathan. I'm excited. This is great, brother. It's great. I'm into it. I'm into it. (laughs) Appreciate you. Well, Create Your Life family, it's been an amazing day, and uh, thank you all for tuning in. And, of course, you know, follow Jonathan and contact us if you have any questions for us, then we'll be happy to answer those as well. So uh, be blessed and have an amazing, amazing day. Beautiful people, if you enjoyed this episode of the Create Your Life series, be sure to download it from our podcast, which is available on createyourlifeseries.com, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and Google Music. Also, be sure to leave a review of the podcast. You can catch us live on Sundays from 5.30 to 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time via 90.3 FM in New York or on Facebook Live at facebook.com backslash kevbrown1. We encourage you to participate in the conversation on Facebook or call in at 212-650-6903. Follow us on Instagram at CYL Series and at Kevin Y. Brown. Be blessed and we'll see you back here live next week. Create your life. Create your life. Create your life. Create your life. You better create your life. <laughs> create your life. Create your life. Create your life. Create your life.